Hello and welcome to State of Crime with Kaylin and Elena. All right, so today's episode is my Idaho case, which is Scott Riggs is currently on trial for the murder of Paula Fabrush. And we are in a very small town in Idaho, so yes. it's kind of one of those everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows about this case. I don't think there's anybody in town who hasn't well, at least heard about yeah, it. Yeah, and you worked... Yeah, and I worked side by side with Paula. Right, and I went to school with some of her kids, Mm -hmm. so. And my mom, who also has worked with Paula, because we all worked at Walmart. Right. It was just (laughs) the place to be. But um, my mom worked with her for a long time and did also become very close with her. So I knew her before I worked with her. and And just for our listeners, the three largest employers in our town are Walmart, the Cheese Factory, and the school district. Yeah. And that's not a setup for a sitcom. These are actual facts. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just, I'll start on Friday, August 25th of 2017. Um, Paula was 71 years old and she went to work at about 4 a.m. Our shift at that point was, well, I didn't work for Walmart at this point, but she was on the same shift I was before I left. Um, it was 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. And which is not a super fun shift, (laughs) but she went in at 4 a.m. And according to security cameras, she left about two, which knowing her was not abnormal. Okay. Normally she'd get off work, do some shopping and then head home. Well, later that evening, Paula's husband called the police to report her missing because she never showed up at home. It was around seven, Mm -hmm. eight o'clock. And he tells the officers that he spoke with her earlier and she told him that she was giving a man named Scott a ride home. So with us being such a small town, people don't just like go missing very often. It's not like a normal thing that happens. So police first try to see if they can locate her. And they, it pinged about a half a mile away from a small reservoir near the home of Scott Riggs. And I don't know if you know anywhere, anything about like where it was actually at. I, I don't. Like I remember, I remember hearing she was missing and of course being worried immediately because like you said, in a town this size, that's usually the sign that something bad has happened. Um, but, and I remember when her car was found, but I was never quite clear exactly on the location. So it was found about, her phone pinged about a half mile away from Scott Riggs' house. He was questioned that night, and he told officers that Paula picked him up after his truck broke down, and she drove him home to pick up tools, and then dropped him back off at his truck, and then he assumed she went home. Right. And also the fact that his house was her house, because she he he was renting, renting. she was his landlady. Yes. Yes. So deputies searched for her in her car late into the night. They ended up searching his house at about 1.45 in the morning. So they were looking for well into the early hours of the next day. Exactly. Um, So they they cut the search off until 8 a.m. the next morning. On Saturday, August 26th um, at 1.45 a.m., the officers searched his home for Paula or her phone, and it turned out unsuccessful. They stopped searching. Right. They went home, got some rest. And then at 8.18 a.m., 
that same Saturday, the police got a tip about a car that was found a few miles outside of city limits, which with us being in this town, it's all still it's all town. Yeah, yeah, it's all town. <laughs> it, just because we're out of city limits, we're right. still, it's still very close. Exactly. They found her car about a mile away from his house. They found blood on and around the car. See, I didn't know that. That's yeah. awful. They then discovered her body right. in the trunk of her car, covered in stab wounds. And they also found a bloodied knife near where the phone pinged. So it was probably... Oh. So they found the knife near where the phone pinged, which was not where the car was found. So did they find her phone ever, do you know? Or just uh. they just had the ping... And so they knew the look, you know, where it had last been. They did. I believe they did find her phone. Okay. I believe so. Because I wasn't clear on that. And again, you know, I remember hearing on the news that her body had been found in the trunk of her car. And and I loved it. I shouldn't say I loved it. But, you know, at the time, you sit there and you kind of chuckled yourself at how ridiculous the wording of some of these things has to be. Because at the time, it was just she had been found. Her body was in the trunk of her car, and they suspected foul play. Suspected. Yes. Because she could put herself right, in right. the trunk of her car. <laughs> yes. yes. I believe they did find her phone, um, but the investigation process consisted of many search warrants because they need a search warrant for everything. Right. Her phone records, his house, his pickup, mm-hmm. which was a 93 Ford F-150, and they found blood on the driver's side door of his, uh, the door frame of his, of pick, his pickup. Of his pickup. Yep. There was a sleeping bag in the bed of his pickup that also tested positive Ugh. for blood or for traces of blood. When they searched his home, they found possible blood spatter on the walls throughout his house. And they found women's clothing, the a Walmart vest. Okay. Rope, various knives, a flashlight, a toolbox with miscellaneous tools, and a black duffel bag. Which, he is married. And he once worked for Walmart. His wife, I believe at the time, still worked at Walmart. So the Walmart vest is not completely out of place unless... Which we don't know all of the specific details yet. Right. But... It all seems very normal things to have in someone's mm-hmm. house until they tie it back right. to a murder. So on Friday, September 1st, which was six days after they found her body, the Elmore County Sheriff's arrested and charged Scott Riggs with a single count of first degree murder. He was denied bond because when they went to arrest him, arrest him he wa- had his bags packed and was ready to leave. Okay. And so again, he's alleged because this has not made its way through the courts and yes. But his original preliminary hearing was set for October 6th. And then it had it ended up being rescheduled for numerous reasons. So his first preliminary hearing was held on November 19th. And he was arrested on September 1st. It's worth pointing out that you know many crimes of this type people sit and wait for years you know for things to trickle through the court system and just because they're so so for us it does seem like this very long long drawn out process but i would say probably there's people in larger towns and larger cities who are like hey this is nothing yeah 
I, and I think it is because it's so personal yes. that we're like, why is it taking so long right. for all of this to go through? And it does. I mean, it feels, and again, you know, we, we, we keep having to say he's the alleged perpetrator of this crime because he hasn't been convicted. But I think that's the other part, too, is that so much of the evidence is so incredibly damning yes. that it feels like cut and dried, common sense, and just to have to wait for courts to do their thing can be very frustrating so his first preliminary hearing was on november 19th and according to sheriff mike hollinshead he said that everything went quote-unquote smoothly so positives the next two preliminary hearings happened on february 2nd of 2018 and then february 27th of 2018 and on february 27th the state brought forth seven witnesses including one employee of a local pawn shop. Scott was said to have purchased two knives from the pawn shop about two months prior to Paula being murdered. And Judge Theodore Fleming concurred that the state had probable cause and Scott Riggs was sent to district court. Okay. His second arraignment was on March 5th, and he was told he had to enter a plea. Okay. Which his defense asked and received two weeks for him to enter a plea. So instead of him it, him doing it that day, they gave him two weeks. And then he had to enter his plea of guilty or not guilty. Okay. Yeah, it seems very strange to me that this far out, that was not already planned. I mean, because at this point, they knew all the evidence. Yes. Or they should have had enough access of it. Yeah. to enough of it that I don't understand why a plea wasn't already kind of in the making so yeah another strange thing to me which it then frustrates me a little bit more because they he already got an extra two weeks to enter into a plea and so on march 19th scott riggs during his arraignment stayed silent oh he would not enter a plea so the judge did it for him if you're not going to enter a plea, the judge will do it for you and it's automatically not guilty. Okay. The judge, and this is a different judge. This is Judge Nancy Baskin. Okay. She entered a plea for him of not guilty. And at this point, a jury trial was set for August 23rd of 2018. Okay. Which I had my fingers crossed that nothing was going to change. And on August 23rd, we were going to start the trial. getting some information and we were going to start the trial and it was going to be smooth sailing from there right that is not what happened <laughs> on july 30th scott's defense filed a motion for dismissal of his charge and why was that because they claimed that judge fleming who was the original judge that said that there was probable cause they claimed that he abused his discretion in finding probable cause okay were there reasons for this or do you know or just that's just the motion? He claimed his purchase of the two knives prior to the murder was a stretch to call it premeditated. Okay. So on July 30th, it was released that a homemade ball gag mm-hmm. and a blindfold had been discovered during the investigation. So this is the first time this had been released. Right. And they... 
Well, okay. And so here, here's my thing. Even aside from the knives being purchased two months before, because mm-hmm. fine, he just bought two knives, just happened to have the two knives. Yes. For me, the premeditation comes in that he allegedly approached her, requested a ride home. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Was obviously, if he committed this, I feel like I have to keep making all of these <laughs> adjustments, but that he was armed when he got in her car she didn't have the knife yes and so i mean so all that aside there was a certain amount of planning now i don't know how much in advance premeditated murder like is it a week before 24 hours i I, do know oh good i do know i I, if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. it was said that the moment that you know what you're doing and you do not stop it's premeditated Okay. So that's, that can be five minutes. That can be 30 seconds. Okay. All right. And I don't know if that's just technicalities Mm -hmm. to be able to get it in through the legal system, but that's what I remember is that the moment that you know what you're doing is going to kill this person and you don't stop. Yes. Okay. So they didn't have Paula's DNA on them, the homemade ball gag and the blindfold. Okay. They didn't have her DNA on them, but they were found with the bloodied knife. Okay. That did have her DNA on it. They were found, they were all found together. Together. So maybe he has some strange extracurricular activities that they just happen to be in the same location or possibly he didn't use them. I mean, she was 71. Yeah. It couldn't have been that hard and to he overpower her. She was a small lady. Yeah, and he's not a small guy. He is not a small guy. No. He's probably at least twice her size. Okay. He's not a small guy. So the defense continued to claim that there was no evidence of premeditation. Okay. Which we've... Which, of course, they're the defense. I get it. Yeah. That's their job. The state explained that Scott... Okay, so this is another thing that I don't know if you know. He didn't just, like, request a ride from her. It wasn't like, oh, I know this lady. Right. He sat outside the Walmart for about 20 minutes before she left the store. And waited? And waited for her. Is that on the security camera? Yes. Okay. She parked in basically the same spot every day. And right next to where she parked is one of those, like, medians that Mm -hmm. has the wood chips in it. Yes. And there was a bench over there for the smoking area. Okay. And he sat on that bench next to her car and waited for about 20 minutes until she came out. Um, Which I feel like that is enough for me. That would be enough, but there's more to it. That's not the only thing that they have against him for premeditation. So he was waiting for 20 minutes. She was stabbed eight times. (gasps) Um, Her wounds included stab wounds to her neck, her chest, her abdomen in her hand, which shows defense. defensive wound. Yep. Oh, that's um, so awful. One of her lungs was punctured. Ugh. Her airway was cut. <gasps> so she had more than one wound that would have killed her. Yes. He. Yes. Yes. Ugh. So her carotid artery and her jugular vein had been <gasps> sliced. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And so the state decided that that was all enough evidence to prove premeditation. Okay. Especially if you take into account that, like... The the, overkill of it, it almost. Yes, which is very personal. Mm -hmm. Judge Baskin stated that the state only needed to show proof of probable cause for the premeditation. So that 
between the three different crime scenes because so do they think that she went into the house and he i mean because there was a lot of blood in the car and then there's blood spatter in the house did that come from him taking off his clothes and cleaning up or do they think she actually entered the house at some point they have not said anything about okay. it and, and i know a lot of this driving, is because well yeah. a lot of this because they haven't tried the they case haven't tried yet, them, so, so they have they're keeping things close to them so that they don't okay. ruin their trial but that's awful. It's very strange with the amount of blood that is in different places. Right. So I know what the alleged motive was because I've been following this, but we haven't talked about that. So Paula and her husband owned the house that Scott and his family were renting. Um, and it was a source, a source close to the Fabrush family had said that um, their lease was up in October of 2017. Okay. So she was killed in August and their lease lease was supposed to be up. Yes. And Paul and her husband were planning on selling the property. Okay. So I know at the beginning of it, it was, there was a lot of talk about them being evicted. Right. And and that's what I had heard that they were behind on their rent and that the place was a wreck and that she had gone out to investigate Mm -hmm. or to make sure they were moving out. Those, these were just things that were swirling around in the community at the time. So I think it was more of their lease was coming up and instead of letting them renew a lease, they plan on just selling the property, which to me makes this even worse. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to me, I not, not that anything would excuse this, but I could see if you were being evicted and, you know, feeling like you were being thrown out and you had your 30 days to pack everything and move out that you would be angry and frustrated and, you know, whatever. The fact that the lease wasn't up until October, they knew so much in advance, hey, we're going to sell the property. You need to be looking for somewhere else to live. Just makes this even weirder and more awful and that much more difficult yes. to comprehend yeah it's for me bonkers yeah it, i did i i think just knowing her i just still can't comprehend how somebody can be so angry right especially with the amount of overkill that there was yes i can't fully comprehend it they did decide that between the di- three different crime scenes the fact that she was found in her trunk right and the number of stab wounds, it all showed substantial evidence for premeditation. His motion of dismissal was denied. Thank goodness. Yes. This is when it gets to the end of what we know. Okay. His jury trial is set for late February of 2019, which okay. is only in a couple of months. Right. So hopefully we will have more answers soon and we will be able to do an to update. update. And it is estimated to last about four weeks. So it's going to go from February to March, possibly into April, depending on how long it actually takes. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even going to hypothesize because these things never work out the way they say. <laughs> right. But here is my other issue that I that was so strange to me. So I know at one of his hearings, and I'm not sure which one it was, the local, because the courthouse is right next to our town's middle school and alternative high school. Okay. Those schools were put on lockdown for, yeah. I know at least one of his hearing. And I was never quite sure why that, that seems strange to me because not that we have a ton of murders in, in our town, but it was very strange to me that um, 
you know, because like I said, the courthouse is right there. There's all kinds of crimes that are being tried there all the time. So I wasn't quite clear why the lockdown happened. Do you know that? I don't know, but I can assume it's the fact that we statistically don't have very many murders that happen in town. No. So this is one of our big things Mm -hmm. that... That and, like, I wouldn't want my kids at school because, especially when he was already a flight risk. So, you think, yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, it was just strange to me because I know we've had, you know, either we've had sexual molestation cases, you know, things that you would feel like, I don't know, would be more threatening to a child per se. Like, this is, so I just thought that was kind of a weird side note to all of this. Yeah, I have no idea why. So, that's all we know so far. Right. So cliffhanger. Yes, but we will do an update as soon as we have more information. As soon as his case is over, um, I will be following it very closely. So as soon as his case, are you gonna are you gonna try to go to the trial at all? Maybe Uh, I'm curious as to where they're gonna find the jury members because that's a good point. Because not only did she work at Walmart, he worked at Walmart, Mm -hmm. his wife worked at Walmart. Uh, Paula's husband owns a business in town. Okay. So well, I'm curious as to... F- but if they moved it out of our local jurisdiction, they would have already had to file a motion for that. So uh, maybe after, we'll have to see how the jury selection goes. Oh, maybe. there is one more thing okay. that I didn't mention, but I do know. As of the last update that we've had, the death penalty has not been brought up Okay. at all. So I don't think they're going for the death penalty, which it's been quite a while since Idaho has had a case. Yeah, that's true, too. That's ended in a death penalty. I do wish they would have done that. But so far, it hasn't been brought up at all. Okay. So I don't think that that's something we can look forward to. So that's all we know. Yes. And so we will keep you updated as this case winds its way through the halls of justice yes and next week our south dakota crime will be south dakota so we'll have some frozen murder for you yes (laughs) thanks for listening